Moms. We're two modern mamas with a goal to inspire empowerment, self-love, deep physical and spiritual nourishment, holistic health, and joy, no matter your journey, gender, or perspective. I'm Laura of Radical Roots. I'm a certified CrossFit trainer, certified nutrition consultant, and mama to Evie Wilder. And I'm Jess of Hold the Space Wellness. I'm a level one CrossFit trainer, a licensed and certified athletic trainer with a master's in kinesiology and mama to Baron Camille. Please note that while we're here to provide advice and insights, we aren't medical practitioners and always recommend that you check with a trusted provider before implementing any changes. Thanks for joining us. We're so happy you're here. Hello, friends. Happy Wednesday or whatever day you're listening. <laughs> we are here. It's Jess and it is me, Laura, and we are here for a catch-up episode and we have so much to catch up on and so much to share and also question to answer. Hopefully we'll get to it. Um, but we're both kind of just in the midst of like a lot. A lot is going on. It's all good, but it's just a lot. And so it's really fun for you and I, I would say, to get on these calls and actually get to talk to each other for about an hour because... It just, it's throughout the week, it's a lot of like quick check-ins here and there, but now we get this kind of uninterrupted hour, hopefully to just sit and talk. So how are you? Totally. Yes. I, I love this hour. It's the favorite part of my week Mm -hmm. because I honestly feel like it lets me process some of the things that like, you know, you're constantly, or at least I'm constantly bombarded by like stressors. And we've talked about this before we got on the call, like good stressors and bad Mm -hmm. stressors, mostly good stressors, but it's still like all this stuff your brain has to work through. And you're just jumping from one thing to the next thing constantly without ever really, at least for me, fully processing the entirety of the thing you just completed Mm -hmm. or the thought you just addressed or whatever. And for me, it's really nice to just decompress and like just chat through it with you. So, oh my gosh, there's so much going on. And I love that this is such a safe space for us. Like I started, and I'm going to get into it um, more in this episode, but I started talking about like our sleep journey with Evie and something we were trying. And I was processing, I found myself processing a lot actually on Instagram through my stories. And then, Mm -hmm. and then things kind of shifted and I was like, wait, I feel as though I want to save a lot of this processing for our podcast, because I feel a connection. We don't know all of you guys, um, one by one, obviously, but I feel a connection to every person that listens to this, like just spiritually, universally, whatever it is. Um, and I think that I find this place to be so safe because I mean, I literally like had my baby on this podcast, (laughs) you know, (laughs) I told my birth story. If we would have recorded your actual, Oh my gosh. (laughs) I wonder if anyone would have listened. You would have heard a lot of like heifer, heifer sounds. (laughs) But yeah, so it's just, it's so cool to have this space to process and to get to catch up with you at the same time and to feel like I'm talking to like a bunch of our friends. I had someone reach out to me on Instagram uh, this week and I forget her name, but I got to go look at it. But it was so sweet. She sent me a screenshot of a text message to a friend of hers and she's like, I feel like I need to text uh, Laura, my bestie. So I can like, she can help me like work through, she was going through some stuff with her kid or whatever. And I I thought that was so funny because that's, that's how it is. I feel. And I, so I gave her my phone number. I'm like, if you want to text me, text me because I feel it's almost sometimes I share things with people who message me on Instagram that I'm like, I've just shared something that is basically like I've known you for years and I I don't, but Mm -hmm. I trust, I still trust you. There's a trust there that I um, have found. And I think it's because I have never, it's never gone wrong for me, knock on wood. Like it's been nothing but supportive. So that's pretty cool. Yeah. I mean, it's like one of those things, the same thing I've shared my number with listeners and followers on Instagram, just randomly. It's like, I think because there are tribe, like 
they're part of this tribe. And mm-hmm. so implicitly it's like, there are people and until someone abuses that, which I don't have a feeling anybody will ever do that. But like, right. I mean, it's open, it's out there. Like yeah. it's, it's fantastic. It's one and of my favorite parts of this podcast. If needed, we have tools to block people out of our worlds. Um, right. you know, and so at this point, and I, and I just say it all the time, like I wasn't sure if I was going to share any of Evie's life on social media and then, it's just been overwhelmingly positive and it's been continued to be positive. And so the gratitude and the camaraderie and the solidarity and the support and the love has just been so cool. So I'm great. I'm very, very grateful. And I feel that it's really actually had a positive impact on my motherhood journey. And we get that comment a lot, like in our Facebook tribe and on um, Instagram and whatnot of people who are like, maybe I, I just moved to a new state and I don't know anyone and I don't have a tribe and I've got this baby. But then all of a sudden I feel like I have people who get me. And even though it's not skin to skin, face to face, which is important, but if you don't have that, it's so nice to fi- be able to find that solidarity and that, um, kind of support else- elsewhere, even if it is on yep. the interwebs. <laughs> totally. 100%. Yes. Well, on that note, um, I'm glad you're here. <laughs> <laughs> it's good to talk to you. What is new in your world that, I mean, I know some of it, but I still, I, I feel like I get snippets. So I'm super curious, like what's the latest How's life? Um, I know you're in transition, so let us have it. Oh my gosh. It is so crazy. It's like, and this is going to sound so cheesy and I just totally came up with it like at the spur of the moment, but you mentioned transition. I'm thinking it's kind of like birth transition, like transition during labor and delivery it's like the really hard, hard time right before something really awesome happens. Um, you get a baby. I eat like, this is the, the weirdest analogy probably ever, but like, you know what I'm talking about? Yeah, like, I get it. I get it. I feel you. Yeah. Like you're going through something really, and it's not that it's hard. It's just, it's intense. Um, so that's my life right now. It's I'm running at a level of intensity. That's a little bit above my comfort zone, but I'm, we're rocking it. So we've got, Oh my God, let me just, let me think. Okay. So I announced that I'm leaving my full-time job at Arasi, and that has been a longer process than anticipated, but it's all good. Um, stayed on, staying on to kind of train my replacement because again, I think I've mentioned numerous times, like I adore Arasi. I love the company. I love the people. They're my family. Um, but I wanted to make sure of that, and I wanted to make sure that they were set, set up for success when I left. So, um, my official last day with Arasi will be September 7th. So I still have a little bit over a month or a little bit under a month actually right now. Yeah. I can't believe we're in the second week of August. It's crazy. Oh my God. It's flying by. It's so insane. And so that has been a little tough because I've also been taking some PTO and working like early morning, late night to also transition into team fed and fit with Cassie and Amber over there. So it's a lot of work. Plus beauty counter, um, is also like becoming less of a side hustle and more of a, um, I don't even know how to, it's not a full-time job, but it's getting, it's requiring a lot of time and energy, which is great because I love doing it. Um, I love my team. I love the mission. I, I mean, Laura, you and I are both part of beauty counter, so you can speak to that as well. It's a really, really fulfilling part of my life. Um, yeah, I and love right, it. 
yeah, it requires a lot, a little bit of, um, a lot of time and energy for me to kind of make sure that it's, it's growing properly and everyone feels supported. And I don't know if this is the same for you, but it wasn't that fulfilling to me until I started to build a team. Um, I enjoyed it and mostly just because I love the products and I was like, sweet, I get a good discount and I get a share about products that I love and people to people who are interested. And I, um, and I, and I feel also that I'm like making a difference because, this is ultimately like a female rights issue because female yeah. females are the most affected by the um, toxins in skincare. And so that's mm-hmm. what kind of got me going to begin with. But now that I have a team of these like incredible women who are now becoming friends and I get to support them and like watch their careers grow and watch some of them be able to like have true – the true potential to leave their like nine to five is – so cool because I know of the, like how much it will improve those specific women's quality of life. And it's, oh I get all the feels and one of them is my best friend. And so it's so fun to watch her and see her grow and like see her passion. And, um, it's just, you know, it's, it's really cool. <laughs> it's really cool. And I feel exactly the same. And I will tell you the thing that this is not a beauty counter episode, but it is a highlight of my life right now. So I want to share like really authentically one of the coolest things that I see in my team, literally everybody that joins is like, I'm not sure about this. I can't sell things. I don't want to be that person. I'm too, I'm scared to talk about the mission, even though I'm passionate about it. And like, we go there, like my, my thought process is always like, okay, the mission you, like you said, it's a women's rights issue that my passion is greater than my fear when it comes to talking about beauty counter. And so many women feel that same fear. And so helping them get over that and helping them kind of like, it's not just about like talking about beauty counter that they're scared of. It's about being too much or becoming off as this type of person or, you know, all these little fears that are wrapped up in, you know, how, how we are and overcoming just even that small thing about talking about beauty counter with people. Um, it opens up this whole large world of like abundance and creativity and, like authenticity. It's just incredible. I don't know. I'm going to start crying, but <laughs> I don't know if you've seen that with your team too, but it's just, it's one of the the greatest joys of my life too, to, to connect with people daily and help them grow. Like not yeah. just in the business, but like as a person. Yeah. And I've never been someone who's been like, I, you know, people see me and they see my face. I don't wear a lot of makeup. I wear most days just um, a little bit of brow pencil and some mascara, but <laughs> so I'm not like, for me, it's not like the makeup thing. I don't see a new palette and get like so fired up, except for the fact that I get fired up about the fact that there's a whole, I know how many women are so passionate about it. And there's this whole, this company that's actually, you know, it's a B corporation, which it takes, it's a rigorous process to become that. And they're pushing for change. And so I know how exciting makeup is for so many people. Um, I know how exciting. And so like, there's now this whole facet that I have like the potential to make an impact in people's lives and their longevity and their health. And then we have so many moms who are raising babies who now know that they, instead of putting some brand I will not name on their kid, they're (laughs) choosing a much, much, much safer lab tested, rigorously um, scrutinized product on their baby. And, and the studies that are coming out linking some of these things like sunscreens and lotions and face and makeup, and there's like lead and all these different toxins. And so if I can just, I, t- I talked to them blue in the face about food, but, um, and movement, but this is also important. And I think it's actually an easier way to create change because you could tell someone all the things they should avoid and, 
the reality is, is it's a lot harder to make like life changing food shifts than it is to just swap out the lotion you put on every day. Totally. And you don't think twice about it. It's, it's much harder to like go to a party and and make the quote unquote, like healthy, more effective decisions. But if it's as simple as just buying a new skincare item, um, it's, I just see the potential for change is so huge. And also the products have made, made me feel so different about my face. Um, and not that my face is better or worse, you know, it's not that it was worse before and it's better now, but I just have a new, um, I think I have a new confidence in the way my skin looks because I'm just taking more care of it. You know, like Mm -hmm. that effort that goes into putting like this, the couple of steps that I take in the morning and at night to like love on my skin. I feel like this might sound real hokey pokey, but like, I feel like not only are the products improving my skin, but also just the, the actual, like the energy that comes from loving on my skin makes it more beautiful in my eyes because of the self care that goes into it. You know what I mean? Yeah, totally. Absolutely. 100%. I mean, when I was able, when I wasn't able to do anything else, like when I couldn't focus on food or I couldn't even fathom scheduling movement into my life, just freaking washing my face (laughs) every day with a quality product that made me feel good was Mm -hmm. like the, the self-care of my day. So I think we just, I don't know if people would be interested in, but we should just do a whole episode about the skincare industry and beauty products. Um, cause we could probably talk about this. I mean, just till we're blue for an hour at least. Yeah, totally. And what I love about it too, last thought on that is I've been traveling a ton and camping and whatnot. And like their line, like all of their products go as simple as like, I could take it into the forest and still feel like, um, and it's better for the planet. So they've got like biodegradable wipes and like all this stuff. Or if I'm going to like a weekend away, like a bachelor party or whatever, and I want to do it up, I can, it's the whole gamut. And that's what I love about it because my life is, there's a lot of like, it's, it's, I have a big variety of things that I do. (laughs) And so it's nice that I can find something for wherever I'm at. Absolutely. Yeah. Sweet. Okay. Well, that's fun. Any last thoughts on beauty <laughs> counter? Or you, what else do you have? <laughs> no, a little digression about beauty yeah. counter, but that it is, it's a huge part of my life right now. So I, I want to share that I'm mm-hmm. always authentic, whether it's via Instagram or Facebook or on here, like I just share my truth and that's a huge part of it right now. So that's been a blessing looking forward into this transition with jobs. And so, like I said, transitioning full-time, team fed and fit after the 7th of September. So say a little, little prayer, positive vibes for me. Then it's going to be an interesting change, but I'm really ready. So that's numero uno, numero dos. Let's see. I didn't mention this on the last podcast, but my kiddos both celebrate birthdays like a month apart. And so Cammy just turned two, um, and bear is going to turn five on in August. And it's just, it's, it's, I don't know how to describe it. It's bittersweet. They're growing up, but also it's, uh, I don't know. It's so cool. It's really cool. And I think on the last podcast and we were talking about this before Laura, I was like, I had posted something like how much they love each other and how amazing their relationship was, is it is correction. Um, and how they like rarely fight and all this stuff. Well, something happened. I'm like going to eat my words right now. They still love each other aggressively now um <laughs> they're in this phase like can we turn to and she is full of opinions which i love but it's also like oh man for some reason i thought we were just gonna skip this phase with her and it's not what's not happening so they are at this phase where like one minute they'll be hugging and kissing each other and just 
the most precious thing ever. And then <laughs> the flip will switch and they're like wrestling and, and hitting each other. <laughs> so it's, it's kind of hilarious. Cause it's, I mean, it's typical sibling stuff. It's nothing like there's no rivalry there. It's just more like he pushed me, he pushed me. I'm going to push him back. And now I want his, his cookie and I want his toy or whatever. So it's a lot of us learning that new, that new, this new family dynamic where we have people with opinions, very strong opinions, and we're all trying to navigate them. So that's been going on. Uh, birthday, birthday parties. We haven't had big birthday parties yet because we're also moving. Update number three. Um, I know we had like a little house hunters episode on Instagram stories the other day and people were super into it. I loved it. Oh my God. I think I've got the most interaction I've ever gotten on an Instagram story when I was posting about the different houses that we were looking at. Um, and it turns out I haven't truly updated since those stories, but we found a house and it was none of the three that we were looking at. We'll just name them tiny house, bad neighborhood and crazy deadbolt house. Um, none of those worked out and it's really ah, cool. I was gunning for the tiny house. I know. Well, <laughs> that one was cool. Surprise, was surprise. Washer and dryer, which, um, ah, it's not a non negotiable for me, but now with the family of four, we do so much laundry and I just could not see, it just wasn't worth my time. Honestly, I know that sounds terrible, but like having to go to a laundromat with all the stuff that we got to do during the day and week, it just would not happen. So that's the reason that one was out. But so what happened was after that day, I was just super like, I just wasn't happy with the choices. I felt like we were going to be settling no matter what we did. And so Tim and I, um, you know, we talk about a little bit about my faith here on the podcast and on my, my personal, um, pages and stuff, but we decided like, Hey, let's just pray specifically for the house we want. Like if we could have any house, what would it look like? Where would it be? Yada, yada, yada. So we sat down, Tim and I, and we like prayed for this house, very specific house, in a very specific area and we just asked for it and whatever you believe in, whether that's, you know, you're praying to God or you're asking the universe for something, you know, that you want. Um, I, I feel like there is so much power in, in speaking it out loud and letting it be known. And so we did that. And the very next day, Tim sent me this listing on realtor.com. He was like, this is the house. And I was like, Oh my God, this is our house that we, we asked for. And it was really cool because this house had been on realtor.com for two weeks. And we, meanwhile, we had been search, like scouring realtor.com for a rental that met all of our, our qualifications and what we were looking for. We never saw this house ever. Um, and it was like one of the, my followers on Instagram, like she said something that just kind of gave me chills. She's like, the house is out there. It just hasn't been revealed to you yet. And so it was crazy because we asked for it and then it was revealed to us and it all worked out like timing wise. We were like, okay, let's put in the application the application said no dogs over 25 pounds. And we were like, Oh, this isn't going to work. This is the house where we have two giant dogs. And we called the owner and he like looked at the pictures of the dogs. And he was like, you know what? I think they look adorable. It doesn't matter. Like it's okay. So we're like, Oh my God. Which is insane because they are like the size They're of grizzly giant. bears. <laughs> <laughs> yes. And we weren't even going to lie. Like, you know, some people were like, just tell them they're like smaller or they're just whatever. And we're like, we can't like, <laughs> They're not, it's not even like they would be close to 25 pounds. So we were just totally honest. And he was like, you know, it's okay. So went through the whole process and found out we got the house. So it's just amazing 
I, I, I can't explain it. And that's where my faith, that's, that's where my faith lies is when the things that happen that I can't explain that, you know, happen so perfectly. And I was so upset about all these houses that, that we missed or, you know, we didn't get because of the dogs. And now looking back, I'm like, I, this house is way better. This is the house. So just a perspective, like a mindset shift for some people that might be going through some something similar where it seems like you're missing all these opportunities that you prayed for that you wanted. Um, it's, there's, it's usually because there's something else out there, right? hundred percent. And you know that I'm in a very similar boat and we're not releasing much detail yet, but we are in the midst of a transition and we're trying to get some loans set up and, you know, we have like two different options. And at this point I'm kind of just like putting it out to the universe that, um, what shall be, shall be. And, and it's amazing the peace that's come over me. And I've had a, a number of, um, situations in the past month where once I let go of control, and listened to my kid or the universe or signs or my husband or myself, um, that I just like, there's just a piece that comes and it's, it makes, it makes decision-making easier. It makes life easier. It makes sleep easier. It makes everything easier when we just sometimes relinquishing control. My word when I was pregnant was surrender. And, um, it's something that I've now had to take into motherhood. Sometimes we have to surrender and it's not a bad thing. Just like stress can be good or bad, it creates, you know, an opportunity. Um, same thing with surrendering. It can be good. Sometimes we need to stand up and fight, but other times surrendering is the most powerful thing we could possibly do and the most empowering thing. And so um, I think it's pretty fun that we're kind of going through these life transitions at the same time because we can support each other and talk through it but then also like support each other into like letting go sometimes <laughs> mm-hmm. oh my gosh yeah so that is that has definitely been a learning process and I don't know if it's just from age or experience or my children the fact that I have had to relinquish relinquish so much control over a lot of things that I thought I falsely had control over mm-hmm. um, and then I just come to realize in like some infinite wisdom that like, I don't have control over even the things I think that I have control over. The only thing I truly have that control over is myself and my Mm -hmm. mind, how we react, how we react. Mm -hmm. That's really the only thing I have control over. I can't control my kids. I can't control my spouse. I can't control my job. Like, I mean, to a certain extent you can put forth effort and you can do things in your daily life. That's going to affect those things. But ultimately it's, it's outside of your control. So mm-hmm. anyways, deep thoughts. Um, I love it. It's a good episode so far. <laughs> I don't have, I mean, those are the main things. I'm yeah. trying to think, you, have I talked about anything with you that it, I'm just totally leaving out right now? I don't think so. Um, I'm excited to continue to hear updates with the Fed and Fit stuff and how that transition out of Arasi and into that works. I think it's really fun to have you going through that transition on the podcast so we can kind of like see it. And then what's fun is it's also so much of what you do with her is on social media. So we we can kind of see it come to fruition. And and one of our goals, guys, is to not like pre-record these update episodes. So we're recording on a on a Thursday and this is going to air in like six days, five, six days. So we try to make it so that we record these within a week of when they air so that we're not like talking about things that then are happening, you know, and then it's like four weeks later and you're like, well, we already saw that on Instagram. (laughs) You can kind of like live it with us, I think, which is cool. Yes. Oh, I do have another update. Sorry. Um, I have one or slash two more. The first one is I, a lot of people have been asking me about, um, how my elimination went. Oh yeah. And so I'm done. I'm done with that. I'm, I'm not actually done. I'm technically done with the elimination phase and I'm in the reintroduction phase. 
and man, it's taken forever. Um, Mm -hmm. but I'm doing it right. I'm like eating, introducing one thing, waiting like two days and then reintroducing another one. And it's been really slow going, but so far I've introduced peanut butter, which did not go well. I don't do well with peanut butter either. Yeah. I was kind of sad about it, but when I was eating it, I was like, this isn't that great anyway. So whatever. Um, and then cashews also did not go super well, which I am actually pretty sad about because I used to eat a ton of cashew and cashew products. I have a question. Did you taste, did you reintroduce them raw, roasted? Like how were they prepared? I drank cashew, the malk, which is sprouted. Yeah. And so, um, it, that's the only thing that I did because I thought, okay, this is like probably the best version of cashew that mm-hmm. I'm going to get. Um, and so it wasn't a, a non-negotiable no. It's just I could tell my stomach was upset, okay. um, just a little bit digestively upset. So I've been I doing – I soak them for like four hours and then I um, – in a bunch of sea, uh, like salt water, sea salt water, okay. and then I roast them for like four to six hours on low in the oven. And I um, – can eat the crap out of them and feel wonderful. <laughs> so, uh, you know, sometimes the way we prepare nuts makes a difference, but everyone's so different. And it's so funny. Cause like for me, I almonds, unless there's like sprouted, I have an issue with. And so it's just, you know, every nut and every person and walnuts, I can't eat. Like they make my mouth, um, sore. I get sores in my mouth oh, and I get, and I get bloated. Like my belly, I look, I get like distended. That's so interesting. To me. Yeah. Oh my God. It's crazy. I well, I'm working through some nuts right now. Um, I'm trying to find one that I can eat because I really do love like pecans and cashews and almonds. So we'll see. I, I had eggs um, was my third one, and mm-hmm. eggs were I didn't feel anything digestively, but I felt my face felt bloated. So I don't know mm-hmm. what that means um, because I've literally I think I was talking about this on Instagram the other day too. Like I haven't been working out. I haven't changed the amount of food that I eat. Like I've still just been eating intuitively. Um, but I've taken on all these inflammatory foods. I lost like eight pounds. Um, though that wasn't the ultimate goal. It was one thing I wanted to keep my eye on because I've had some like weight, stubborn weight, like creeping up, um, over the last like year or so. And so I wanted to see like, okay, what is it? The inflammation, is it the coffee that I've been drinking three times a day, messing with my cortisol, my blood sugar and all this stuff. So, um, you know, without doing anything else besides cutting the inflammatory foods out, I did, you know, lose some weight. Um, so it's it's intriguing to me. I don't know the answer yet, but I know it's probably something to do with what I was over consuming. Um, more than likely coffee, (laughs) which makes me really, really, really sad. Yeah. Coffee's interesting. Like I, I, this morning I've been doing cold brew boosted coffee, um, for like months now. And I had hot coffee this morning because I woke up at five. I've been trying to get up early and, and it did not make me feel well. So there's something about, um, hot coffee. Like I did French, French press, which is what I used to always drink, but Mm -hmm. I think I'm kind of exclusively either has to be like a latte type situation with just some espresso shots, but I can't drink like a giant cup of black or of like of hot brewed coffee. Cold brew just for me is so much better. And even then I have to stop by like 11 AM or I am post. (laughs) But you have this like incredible sense of self-control. I feel like (laughs) a moderator, right? Like you can moderate things. Yeah. Oh, definitely. Whereas I like, I knew because I was at Whole Foods today and I saw some chameleon and I was like, you know what? It's been a while. I'm just going to have one. And then I was like, no, I'm not going to have one because then I'm just going to have. Well, you know, for me, it's, it's, I stop because if I don't stop, I will be awake. I will not be able to fall asleep. 
So for me, it's like, and that's the same thing for me with food. Like I'm, a, I'm, I moderate because I know how, for me, I guess what glares in my mind is, I guess I'm just very hyper aware of the result <laughs> and no food or drink is worth, um, feeling shitty. So like for me, there's, I get anxiety if I'm laying in bed and all I want to do is sleep and I can't to me, that's like, that's like my nightmare. So knowing (laughs) that I need to stop coffee by 11, I'm not going to squeeze like four glasses, cups of cold brew in. And I, you know, I, I blend mine with a bunch of stuff. So I sip it super slowly. Um, so for me, I think that's why I can moderate. And same thing with like, now I've learned what sugar and grains do to my, and vegetable oils, like due to my brain. And Uh I don't have the flexibility right now to, have brain fog and to feel lethargic because of everything I have going on. Like I have to be at tip top capacity or not only does like I suffer, but then like my, my family and, and everything. So I think that's, maybe that is what moderation moderating means. Maybe it's just, that's totally what it means. It's like you have the ability to see that. Yeah, absolutely. And I think I'm not like, I don't know those people that's like pro whole 30, like every month you got to do a whole 30 to mm-hmm. like, you know, get back to quote unquote normal. But I think that's where for me doing something like a whole 30 or elimination diet, really, really doing it correctly mm-hmm. can be super helpful because I've gone through my whole life eating quote unquote healthy or clean or whatever you want to call it. But still knowing that there's something out there that's not making me feel my best, but never taking the step to really figure it out. And I think when you, like you said, like you figured out sugar and grains and certain foods like, um, almonds or whatever, they trigger you or they make you feel not your best. And you know that you can avoid them intentionally. Um, but without having that information, every food is a possible, Mm -hmm. something that needs to be avoided. So it's kind of like that analysis by paralysis. Like you don't even know where to start. So you just keep going. Mm-hmm. Um, and cause it's too hard. It, it seems overwhelming to figure out what's the root cause, but once you just, I don't know, it's taken me 35 years to take this step and actually do a real elimination <laughs> diet. So what do I know? But to me so far, it's been worth it. And I can see myself going from a place of feeling out of control to where like, I don't just don't know. And everything feels like it's going to be like, balls to the wall. Sorry. That's the best way I can describe it. Like all or nothing, um, to a place where I, I can see myself being able to do things in moderation once I have that information. Mm-hmm. Does that make sense? Of course. I love that. Yeah. And everyone's so different. Like I don't do elimination, but I also haven't got to the point where I felt like it was necessary. But when I was dealing with like chronic pain, for some reason I thought it was a food causing my headaches and whatnot. Or when I like didn't have a period, I was like, and so when I started diving into like worrying about, I would listen to a podcast and then hear about a food that might trigger a headache or inflammation. And I'd like obsess about it. And, um, for me, that is unhealthy. So I have to moderate and, um, it's working really, really well. But then I also have certain non-negotiables. Like I do not eat processed sugar. I do not eat refined carbohydrate. Um, going lower carb and eating a ton of fat has been so therapeutic for me because it's been freeing. Now it's like, I have all of these really nutrient dense, very like high calorie, very satiating, very deeply nourishing foods in the form of fat that I, to me, they're, they're totally like unlimited. I can have as much as I want, but I, it's so easy to moderate because you get full and you feel like satiated and you feel for me, at least I feel like I'm way better able to read my body and know when to stop eating. Um, and now we're in the midst of summer and the stone fruit is outstanding and the berries and those are my favorite fruits. And so I'm eating them every day and that's also fine. (laughs) But like, I look at a sweet potato and I want nothing to do with it. And so I think cutting out the refined stuff for me has been so 
huge in allowing for like more freedom when it comes to food and helping me most more, most importantly, I think to tune into what my body actually needs. And everyone has different things like that they need to do to get to that place. But I think one of the things we've said this before, the most important is probably cutting refined carbohydrate and sugar, um, to be able to get there. Yeah, absolutely. And I, and I, we, we adhere to many of the same like food standards or not standards, but like thoughts for me though, like I know personally like cutting out or eliminating a food group, a macro group or focusing more on that. Like I've I've experimented with it. It's hard for me. It's really hard for me because then I started obsessing about that, Mm -hmm. that group of food that I quote unquote, can't have, even though I can. Yeah. Well, uh, I specifically I never said I'm cutting out a macro. Like I never said I was keto. I never, and I, for me, I think that's what I had to say. Like I am eating high fat and that was my focus. I'm eating really, really high fat. And then like as a byproduct, the other stuff became less, um, palatable and less appealing. And I think that for me, and you know, like I said, everyone's different and I think it's so fascinating and I love hearing about people's journeys and, and whatnot. But, um, I think that's a very valid point. Like sometimes, sometimes if you say I can't have it, then it turns into that's all you want. (laughs) Right. Right. And I'm not saying that that's what you were doing, but I'm saying like for, for people who get really caught up in the idea, like you're not dogmatic about it because that's who you are and you've done the work around food to really, really get to a place where you're eating intuitively. But for a lot of people that's like beginning this journey to where it's like, I need to identify with a way of eating. Like I need to identify with keto or I need to identify with paleo or if it fits your macros or whatever, because it's, it's helpful for them to understand it. Like it can be that double-edged sword where it becomes just another thing that kind of like controls you. I'm speaking for like, just from my personal experience. Um, I just have to be really careful about that. But what all, all that being said, it's been very, I'm on the path to getting to a more intuitive style of eating because, uh, learning what works and what doesn't work for me. Mm-hmm. And I'm hoping to take that into a whole nother realm around food. Like we've shared in the past struggle with eating disorders and this all or nothing mentality about food. And I'm, I can see a new dawn the horizon. I love it. That's awesome. Um, I've taken up so much time, but I know you have a big thing. Well, I definitely interjected multiple times into your update. So (laughs) I love it. It's been just a conversation. I I want to hear, I had one other thing about parenting. Maybe at the end, if we, we have time, we can talk about it, but it's not a huge thing. It's more like I, I don't solicit advice often, but I've also never been the parents of a five and a two year old. So sometimes it's good to hear feedback, um, from friends and family and tribe on some of these issues that we're going through. So if we have time at the end, we'll talk about it. If not, I'll just share it on Instagram. So I want to hear all about you. Hi friends. Laura here with some exciting news. Four Sigmatic has come on as a Modern Mamas podcast sponsor. We are so excited. If you've been following along with my Instagram stories, especially you've seen that I use this stuff every single morning. The Lion's Mane Elixir is my absolute favorite. I add it to my boosted coffee for an extra boost of brain clarity, productivity, and focus that I genuinely did not experience until I started adding this in every day. They also make other elixirs like Rishi for calming, Cordyceps for an energy boost, and Chaga for an immune boost. Along with those elixirs, they also have really cool blends. I love the Lion's Mane and Coffee blend when I travel because I don't have to worry about getting my hands and lips on high quality coffee. I have it ready to go. All you need is hot water. You mix in 
the blend and you're set. They have caffeine, caffeine free options as well, like a chai latte and a turmeric latte for gut health and skin glow and all, they have all kinds of incredible blends. I cannot recommend enough that you go check out their website, find whatever mushroom blend is, is going to fit with your lifestyle and give it a try. The awesome folks at Four Sigmatic have offered our listeners, you guys are special, you get 15% off any order. If you go to foursigmatic.com forward slash modern mamas or simply type in modern mamas, all lowercase, all one word at checkout, you get 15% off. Check it out, see what fits your life, and happy shrooming. All right. Well, um, <laughs> it's been an emotional couple of weeks and I've shared a lot on Instagram, but I can't assume that everyone listening to this podcast has been there. So for us, the biggest thing as of late has been sleep, um, among other things that I will share at a later date, but, um, we were going through some transitions, but somewhere I got it in my head that, and I'm trying to like, I've been doing a lot of processing the past couple of weeks, um, especially this since Sunday. Um, so today's Thursday. So the past four days, this week has had a lot of, a. Uh, processing between my husband and I and then our, our daughter and then like my in, inside but I got in my head that at like one year old 13 months um was the time when Evie was supposed to transfer into her own space and when co-sleeping we were gonna put it uh, say goodbye to co-sleeping which we've been doing um aside from like a two-month span her entire life we've slept with her and so and a part of that was because we were tired, like we were, um, I was nursing her a lot at night and we were trying to let her, I was trying to kind of night wean. And again, I'm not really sure where I decided that I had to night wean also, but it's been just a process. And, um, it's kind of been this like conflict, conflicting feelings of wanting to make sure she's able to, to express her feelings. But sometimes at night she just needs to nurse. And, and I, in, in all this questioning somewhere along the line, as in tune with my gut as I've been as a mom since her birth, which I am proud to say that I feel like I've, I've, that's been something that's been a gift for me is um, listening to my gut and feeling confident in what I feel is right for her rather than listening so much to outside perspectives. But for some reason with sleep, it's been harder. And I started to question myself and to question what was right um, and not even sure based on who's standards, you know what I mean? And so we decided to elicit the help of a gentle sleep coach and she is a wonderful human. And I heard about her from another wonderful human and I respect what she does. I actually respect gentle sleep coaching or I never would have even t- tried it. Um, and we did it for three days and, um, I will not say it was a disaster because I learned so much. I got closer to Evie. Um, Rusty and I connected in a way and kind of learned more of like how we align. We align more deeply than we ever knew in regards to sleep. And this helped us to have those discussions and to talk about it. Um, and so in any case, um, it's just, it's been a journey. So we did this gentle sleep coaching, which is a lot of time like sitting with her and Rusty was the one doing it because the, the, the thought is husband does it. They're a little bit stronger when it comes to baby's emotions and mom would give in or whatever it is. And also like smelling the milk and everything. And so we did it for, um, three nights on the third night. Um, Rusty came out from having put her down, took like an, almost an hour and we just had a long talk and we decided based on a number of reasons, um, our lifestyle, um, our, but most, and most, most, most importantly is our read of Evie by the third day during the day, she was behaving very differently. Um, she was kind of disconnected. She wasn't really making eye contact. She was very fussy. I take a lot of photos of her. If you follow me on Instagram, you know that. And, um, I was looking back at the end of the day at all the photos I'd taken of, on that Sunday and like, there was no smile. 
there was no sparkle. Um, and it just like devastated me. And one of the hardest parts too, is that she didn't really want to be that much around Rusty. And, um, she was like really needing to be on me all the time. And so Rusty came out and he just kind of looked bummed. And, um, we got into this long conversation about how this was working, how this was not working. And, um, you know, even night three, it took almost an hour to get her down. And, and, so for us, we made the decision that as soon as she woke up, which she did at like 11, we were going to pull her back in bed. And, um, I can't even, I'm like going to cry just talking about this because it was for me, it was like, I was kind of bluesy all weekend as well. Um, which was really unexpected. Rusty came out the first night from putting her down and I was like, and just knows it's cause I got a Marco Polo. Um, I was sobbing. I sobbed for like an entire hour straight. And I was like, it surprised myself a little bit. Um, and I think part of it is I hadn't processed or really thought about what I was giving up. Um, and it really has given me a new perspective on how I feel about having her in bed with us and my husband as well. And the days are crazy and they're long. And sometimes I don't get to really, I'm, I see her physically, but I don't get to see her. Like I don't, you know what I mean? Cause it's just crazy and working from home. And what I realized is I was mourning that time, that connection at night. Um, and I think so is she. And so it's, it sounds again, kind of like hokey pokey to, you know, a one-year-old, whatever, whatever, but, but I believe it truly that every kid is so different and their needs are different. And I have friends who have one-year-olds who are like, get me out of your bed. I need my space. Um, and that is just not where we're at. And that is okay. In fact, it's, it's magical. There's a magic in that. And like, I wouldn't change this experience for anything because we've had some really incredible processing cries since, um, with her. And it's given me a new perspective on when she does wake up in the night. And so at this point, we're, we're taking a little bit of time before, and then I'm going to, I'm planning on um, night weaning, but still co-sleeping for a little bit longer. We don't have any set plans at this point. We're just kind of feeling it and um, going day by day. And right now I'm nursing her at night still. And so when she wakes up to nurse and I'm nursing her, instead of thinking like, I can't wait to go back to sleep, it's like, <sighs> I'm going to cry. <laughs> this is surprising me. Um, it's like, I'm just like, um, really, really enjoying those moments, you know? So I take, now I take that, those moments and they're sweet and, um, I'm close to her and I'm holding her and she's like, it's, it's, it's really special. Um, and so that's kind of where we're at. And I just have a brand new perspective on, um, things in general and like taking moments throughout the day, because now I know, like, I think she's we talked a little bit about this with Eliza. I think she's made potentially like highly sensitive. I don't, I don't really want to label anything, but I know that right now what we both need, it's a symbiotic relationship. It's if I'm this emotional, it's clearly something I need as well, but like we need that time still. And, um, with the transition we're going to be going through, as I've mentioned, like this is, I think best for everyone. And also she, she gets a lot of connection and time with Rusty. She's like, she's, we always say we don't want a kid between us, but now it's like, we have our moments and our time. And then also we have time with her. And we, I feel like this is also teaching me the importance of compartmentalizing and making sure I have time, intimate time with Rusty. And that does, you know what I mean? Like emotionally connecting and then we have time with her. And, um, so that's where we're at. And I'm not really going to share this anywhere, but here, because, um, I feel like this is a safe space and it's just, that's where we are now. And I will night wean when it feels right. And the most beautiful thing about all this is that our entire, all three of us as a unit are on the same page. And I think that is the most important thing is like, um, we all feel the same way and we all need to be together right now in those moments. But then what's amazing is as soon as I, we pulled her back in bed and we had that time, like that next day, she was a different kid again. Like she was her old self. Um, and she was way more independent throughout the day. So being more connected for us at night means she's more independent during the day. 
And another bonus of all this is she is napping on her own in the guava for two to three hours a day, which that came as a product of learning to better tune into her sleep signals. We were being, I will say it, I'll admit it. We were being, um, a little bit too lackadaisical with her, with her napping schedule. And then we would be like, why is she only nap for 30 minutes? And it's because babies need, they need more than just like a loose rhythm. They need a a more, not rigid, but a more structured rhythm. And so we have tuned into that and her, and now she goes, she goes down for naps without crying. She's kind of like, we, we like put her in this little, um, we put her in the, uh, Wolino sleep sack and we give her her, we read her, she's obsessed with this book called Llama Llama Nighty Night right now. And we lay (laughs) her down in her little special space in our room and she sleeps. And so we know that she, she has the skill to fall asleep on her own. Which makes me feel like, because part of the reason, another reason we did the sleep coach thing is because I was concerned that she didn't have that skill and that that might not serve her down the road. But now I know that we can, we can co-sleep at night and she can fall asleep next to me, but she still is developing the skill to, to fall asleep alone in, in her naps in the, in the guava. Um, and that's going to be her bed in the future. And so she's already like building that comfort with it. And so when we do transition her to that, when we've kind of downsized our living space a little bit, it'll be an easier transition versus trying to do it now. So that's the kind of like, I think that's most of it. I don't know if I missed anything, but it's been very emotional, surprisingly emotional. Um, but I think what I've taken from all this is in the vulnerability of like reaching out to a coach when I have felt so confident in everything thus far. Um, what I gained from reaching out to the coach is that I needed a coach to help me understand that I know best in this, in this way. You know what I mean? Like for me specifically right now in this journey, like I need to listen to my gut. Um, and it helped. So being vulnerable helped me to feel more confident in what I'm doing and who I am as a mom and a person and not to worry about like what anyone else thinks about where my kid is sleeping right now. I don't care. (laughs) Yeah. If I'm nursing her at night still, I don't care what anyone else has to say about it. And, um, and it also, I think one of the biggest takeaways has just been me resting and I getting really on the same page with this stuff. And then also, um, and also just, feeling, I was going to, I just lost my train of thought, but feeling, just feeling more confident in who I am as a, as a mom and a person and, um, and understanding the power that comes from vulnerability and asking for help. You might not get the help that you originally thought you needed, but reaching out in whatever capacity does help in some ways. You know, I, we gained so much from it. It was hard for a few days, but it, and on the other side of it, um, we've learned a ton. So yeah, that's kind of where we're at. <laughs> That's amazing. And I, I just, I mean, I've heard, I've heard the story and kind of walked, hold this, held the space for you um, to <laughs> process everything yeah. over the last, um, you know, week or so. So it's just really cool to hear it all in one, one place and how, how powerful and how acknowledging you are of what you have learned from the process. And the most important thing being that you, <laughs> you know, Evie best and you, mm-hmm. you guys our family unit who knows how, how you best work together. And that's just incredible. I think there's a huge, I mean, that should just totally be acknowledged. And, you know, it's, it's, I, my perspective, having been through the gentle sleep coaching education portion of it and having done it with bear, I, I totally, totally see what you are saying when you say every kid is different because every kid is asking for something. If you take a moment to like, listen, especially if you're struggling with different things like behavioral problems or sleep issues, like your kid will really tell you what they need. If you 
shut everything else out and you try and listen for us. Like you mentioned the kiddos that like need their space and don't like co-sleeping or whatever. That was Barrett. I, I tried to co-sleep with him. I tried to do everything I could to get him like to want to snuggle me <laughs> like at night and stuff. That was my dream. He wanted nothing to do with it. In fact, he slept far worse with us. And he, like the second we moved him into his own crib, like he was the happiest kid ever waking up happy from naps, like all that good stuff. And it is, it's, it's true. What you said, like every kid is different. Every kid needs something uniquely that's unique to them. And you never know, like we talk about this all the time. Don't fix something. If it isn't broken, it works until it doesn't work. And for you, like, just like what you said, for some reason you got this idea, like, I should be night weeding or she should be in her own space. And like, there's nothing to say that as long as it's working for you. Like if co-sleeping is, is beautiful still, and it's, everyone's getting what they need out of it. Like, and this is not just to Laura, this is like to every mama Mm -hmm. who's maybe going through a similar situation. Like it's not broken if it's working for you. Yeah. And I never, I never got so many Instagram messages at one time when, then when I started sharing, um, this journey. And so I created a highlight and I'm going to keep the highlight like until this episode airs and it has been aired for a week. And then I think I'm going to get rid of it because it is, it's pretty personal, but I also feel like I'm glad, I'm super glad that I shared because I got a lot of people who reached out and were like, I'm in the same boat. Thank you. Like so much gratitude for sharing, Mm -hmm. because I think this is something that we don't talk about a lot. You see, you see moms, it's always talked about motherhood. I'm so tired, but people don't really get into the nitty gritty as to like what the sleep situation is because everyone is so different. And I think there's like, it's weird. I never realized that there's so much shame in the whole sleep thing because moms feel judged if they let their kids try it, cry it out. Moms feel judged if they co-sleep moms. There's, it's just, it's absurd. And, and ultimately you have to do, I have amazing friends with amazing thriving children and they cried it out for two nights and like closed the door, had a big glass of wine. And those kids are doing just fine. And those moms are doing just fine. The relationship is amazing. And that's the thing is like every family unit is different. Every child is different. Every parent is different. And we're all doing what we can to be the best parents and the best people. And like, and and we just, we all need to give each other some goddamn grace and (laughs) stop judging. Stop judging. (laughs) And if you're going to judge, just shut your mouth, like judge in your head and that's fine. Do what you need to do. Um, but don't say anything ever. Um, because it's, yeah. that's like, it's just, you don't have a, you don't have a right. I, I posted a thing in the, in our tribe the other day that was like this woman, like months later got arrested outside of a coffee shop. She was just getting coffee by herself. And it turns out that like two months prior, she had been traveling to visit family and she was on her way to the airport and her kid was passed out in the back seat, and she needed coffee to function. And so she did the child lock thing, locked the whole car, left the AC on, cracked the windows, ran inside, grabbed coffee, came back out, went to the airport, flew home. And someone reported her and she was facing like these allegations of neglect and all this stuff. And that makes me sick. And I I think the weird thing is like, I kind of see where it stems from and that we used to be like tribal. And so we talk about things like in-laws inserting themselves in places where maybe they, it's not appropriate, but I think all of that stems from our like primal need to be a tribe, but then it doesn't quite fit with like the current. And so then it, it, there's this weird spin where it turns into like a lot of judgment and a lot of guilt inducing. Um, and I think it's because it's coming from a place of, uh, like entitlement or like, I know better versus like, let me support you instead. Why didn't that person maybe go inside and be like, Hey, I saw there's a kid outside. It's like everything. Okay. You know, but to call the cops, it's just, to me, it's, it's, 
it's crazy. <laughs> world is a crazy place. These and it's days. crazy. And all we can do, and I hope my hope, I think yours too, for this podcast is that we can in some way like destigmatize and um, remove some of the judgment and just like inspire other moms to support. I, I would be lying if I said I never in my mind had a judgment of another parent. But then, I, but I had a good conversation with my friend Pat from the tribe life. And he was talking about how like he was at like Home Depot or something and he saw this dad just like lose it on his kid. And then his first thought was, man, you're a dick. But then he started thinking about like, what happened in the hour before that? How many times has that kid like pushed his dad's buttons? How many times have we maybe like lost our cool a little bit? So it's so, we can't judge in that, like that specific One moment. Snap, uh, yeah, yeah. We have no idea what the rest of the day has been like. And it's just, it's not fair and we're all human and we're all fallible. And so to like make these snap judgments. So the best thing you can do because we're, we're, we're not perfect. We're going to have thoughts of that are judgmental because that is, we all do it. Mm-hmm. But then it's a matter of like, what do you do with that thought? Right. You, you, you don't say anything. And if you're going to say yeah. something, it should be productive and helpful and supportive. Not like it, maybe if that dad had another kid that was like falling out of the, the, uh, what's it called? Shopping cart. Like maybe you come over and you help with the other kid, but you don't make a comment to the dad about his abilities as a parent period. Oh my gosh. Yes. Because I mean, let's be honest. We all have moments in our lives. Like if people took snapshots of our worst yeah. moments and showed them all back to us and that's all they showed us back, like, back to us, uh-huh. it would be like, Oh my God, I'm, I'm the worst person ever. But mm-hmm. like literally that's, that's one moment in a, in a day where you practice patience and kindness and mm-hmm. caring. Yeah. I mean, I'm just thinking about my own personal like parenting struggles right now. It's like heaven forbid someone peek in on the moment where I lose my, my shit mm-hmm. because it happens. It happens. Um, doesn't happen often, but it does happen. And I'm sure it gets harder as your kids get older. And now you know that they understand the words that are coming out of your mouth. And then when oh they don't God. listen, you're like, but I, but I know, but they don't like, they don't really have that capacity, but they understand the words. And I feel like that's going to be a struggle for me when there's full communication, but then like having the expectation that she really, she hears the words, but like understanding them fully, mm, that takes more time. Maybe. I don't know. It's that's going to be hard. For me, for it sure. Does. I mean, learning the child, the children, the brain development of a child is very helpful. Mm-hmm. Um, it doesn't make it any, it does make it easier. But in that moment, sometimes it's, you know, it's we not. all have this, like, we, they call it like the lizard brain where you go to where it's like not irrational. It's not a rational way of thinking or feeling or responding. Mm-hmm. And we all can get pushed there. Like no matter how calm and cool collected a person you are, we can all go there. Just we all have different thresholds, but we can all go there. And kids live there a lot more frequently <laughs> than adults do. Totally. And I think reading something like you don't, you don't even really fully get. I'm probably making this up, but you, that that rational where you're thinking of others, you know, more than you think of yourself. To you're like 21 or something like that. And I think Crazy. I think yeah, that's for men. For I know men, it's a little later. Um, just biologically, it's not a comment on men. But um, no, but just yeah. like the frontal cortex, I don't think is like fully developed till yeah, like the twenties. Yeah, I mean that's just crazy. Like you think because people and I'm I'm thinking of Bear right now. I don't know why, how we got on this topic, but like you know he's he's so eloquent, he's so intelligent, he's so smart, but he's still only four years old. But mm-hmm. sometimes when I'm talking to him, I'm like, I, I look at him like he's much older. He's just a little a little adult, but he's not. Like I have to remind myself all the time. Like he still cannot biologically do what I'm asking him to do sometimes right? in terms of emotional control or listening or understanding. Um, so anyways, 
long, long tangent, but I, hmm. I, I think important. We <laughs> no, I, I feel like this has been a nice, it's been a nice progression of thoughts that have, <laughs> I feel fulfilled by, I feel like I have had a 52 minute therapy session and it's so Good. nice. <laughs> so it's Let like this morning. Else. I know that was, um, go ahead. I'm traveling this, I'm leaving Evie for the first time overnight this weekend. So here's another one. Um, last two weekends ago, I was supposed to have this big trip to, um, Seattle and then Portland. So Rusty and I and Evie were all going to fly to Seattle together. And I was going to take the DNS, um, Olympic weightlifting or weightlifting seminar. And for three, it's a three day seminar. We're going to fly in early Thursday morning. And then Rusty was going to fly home with her Sunday. And I was going to road trip with my friends, Kristen and Taylor, Kristen from, uh, the girl with the butter and Taylor from she thrives. And we were going to do two days, like girls trip to Portland. And leading up to the trip, I had this like anxiety that I have almost never felt in my life, like not since maybe college. Um, and it was really intense. And the universe was telling me that this trip maybe shouldn't happen. And then I found out that I, I was late to the party and like a little behind. And I, I went to go request paid time off from work for the Monday and Tuesday. And I not even thinking that it was games week and we're not allowed, we're not allowed to take time off during games week. Cause it's just like, it's a very crazy week for CrossFit. Um, and so then I was like, Oh my gosh, that's right. And so then I was trying to figure out how I was going to plan in work. And I had like phone calls I needed to be on and all this stuff. And so I was like, Oh gosh, I need to change my flight. And so Kristen was flying in Thursday anyway. So I was like, maybe I can hang out with them throughout the weekend in Seattle and still do the seminar. And, and then I went to go change my flight and it was like exorbitant, so expensive. We are like just being real right now, money is really tough right now, like tougher than it's ever been in, in my my life because I was raised like things were always kind of cush and now we're in a transition and money is tough and we live in California and it's just, I, the anxiety just got so much worse. And so ultimately like I had a sob on the floor, sitting on my butt, like sobbing and it felt so good. And I, I talk a lot about the importance of crying. I came out of that with so much clarity and was like, I, I can't, we can't do this trip. The rental car, the Airbnb, the food we would spend, uh, the money we'd spend on food. Um, and I was also in a place where like, I was having these thoughts about needing to sleep coach, helping help. We needed to help Evie sleep on her own. And so that was causing anxiety and she was being really needy probably because of my anxiety. So we canceled the trip and it was like, I felt, I felt like I had disappointed my friends and I was bummed. I didn't get to see them, but I also felt like 10 pounds lighter because that was the right decision for us for that weekend. Rusty was at his limit with sleep. We had just traveled for five days, spent most of those nights in, um, tents and we were tired and he was tired. And then to have him have to fly home alone with her and have two nights alone with her feeling as tired as he was having to like pack her up and take her to the gym to coach at six in the morning. Like it just, it was not right. And so I, um, we canceled the trip. We, we, we obviously lost some money because Alaska is not very good about, um, they have a pretty expensive change fees. I called them and explained some stuff and they did help us out a little bit, but so we lost money, but also we didn't spend the amount of money that we were going to. And I was like, I came out of that once again, feeling pretty empowered by my, my decision because it was a hard one to make, but I knew that I had to do what was right for myself and my family. And, um, it just felt good to make the right choice and then have that weekend staying home be like so therapeutic. We got time with my family that I didn't even know I needed. I got some really good quality girlfriend time in. We had family time. We spent time in the sun. The weather was amazing in Santa Cruz. It just ended up being like a very therapeutic weekend. And the beauty is the seminar allowed me to transfer my fee for the course to 
a seminar this coming weekend in LA. So a much easier flight. The beauty of this one is that it's only two days and understanding people are traveling in for it. It starts Saturday at 1 PM and it goes one to seven on Saturday. And then Sunday it goes 8 AM to two. So I'm flying out Saturday morning and flying home Sunday evening. It's only one night away from EV. Now we're in this like magical place where I have full confidence and love. And like, I'm actually excited for her to have a night alone with Rusty for them to connect and like snuggle. Um, and so it's just, it's like all of a sudden I'm like, oh, everything's falling into place. And I feel mentally prepared and excited to take in this information and to learn and to grow and to use it for my, my work. And it's just like, it's just cool. And so we're going to have some family time Friday and then I'm going to leave. And then I, I get home by five 30 on Sunday so I can have dinner with them. And it's just like, and Rusty doesn't have to coach early in the morning. It's just like, ah, <sighs> so there's just been a lot of like decision. It's, I just feel like there's been so many decisions thrown at me at once. And I'm coming out the other side again, realizing like the decisions have to be made based on gut and on what just what feels right and on and one thing I've taken away from years of therapy is like the magic in tuning in and listening to like if we just let all the clutter and like everything the distractions tell like influence our decisions it's really hard to make the decisions that maybe are right for us and for our our people but so for me um I had to learn that lesson and and having so many decisions to make at once it's nice coming out the other side now having finally been able to make the decisions that are just right um and so it's a good practice because this is for whatever reason, this season of my life is incredibly loaded with decisions and transitions and, um, listening. And so it's cool. I feel like it's, it's going well. It's sometimes it's hard. Like we said, stress is stress forces adaptation and that adaptation can either be more stress and maybe an adaptation for the worse, or it can be an adaptation for the better. And that you come out the other side feeling stronger for whether that's like the gym, you know, you go in and it's working out as a stressor, but you can come out with like stronger muscles and a better engine and just more fitness. Or if you do too much or you don't listen to your body, you can come out injured and it's a, it's a negative adaptation. And so same thing with just life stressors and life decisions and whatnot. The mindset we take going into them is so important in terms of like, what kind of adaptation are you going to take from this? And so that's kind of where I'm at right now. Yeah. That's yeah. It's so funny. I was just thinking to myself as you're talking, like, have you always, has it been a process? Like, Oh my God. Yeah. to get to this place because I'm thinking of myself like even in my mid 20s late 20s I mean even like five years ago it was all so much about what will other people think what should I do I mean like I seek advice from people that I trust still today but more so out of like I don't know what the word is. Like I, I want to confirm my, my feelings on things, I guess. It's not that I'm looking for people to like say, yes, you're right all the time, but more like check the way I'm feeling against the way other people's feeling are feeling about something similar. And then, but ultimately I found now in my, I'm almost 35, like so much confidence in my decisions, like as they are and not necessarily needing validation from anywhere else, like wanting that feedback because I love the people in my life and their, their opinions, like the people that I've selected to stay in my life. Does that mm-hmm. make sense? Totally. Uh, and now, but it's like, ultimately I know, like, even if I choose something that's not in line with what they've given me advice on, like, it's okay. There's so much more peace about it. I don't know. I've just seen this, like this transition or we keep using that word, this, this episode, this just changed slowly over time. I've kind of watched it even since I've known you. Um, yeah. 
it's been really, really powerful to see. And I don't think it's any, I, I don't think, I think we're born with like individual characteristics, personality types, I guess, you know, Liz and, uh, uh, Diane talk about like obligers and rebels and I don't know them all. Um, I don't really follow that because I think because I am a little more rebellious, I think that's <laughs> probably the one I would fall into, but like, I don't like to read things that tell me what my personality is. <laughs> You're such a rebel. Oh my God. <laughs> like, don't tell me, don't, don't tell me what my personality is. I will decide. Um, so I don't, I don't like, and I think part of it is because actually when I was younger, part of the reason why I fell into disordered eating was because I identified so much with being this like smaller, um, athlete. And so to keep that, like that was my identity. And so I have, I think through years of therapy actually, and figuring out that like, I think that the the, the most secure place to be is not identifying ourselves with any one thing. Um, because that is, that's a fixed mindset. And if we, if we live life with a growth mindset where we're able to evolve and move and then like, maybe right now I feel like an athlete, but, but that might not always be, that's just a part of who I am. And it's a part of who I am in this snapshot, like we said before. And so, um, I think that the freedom of a growth mindset is that we can always evolve and, and life is just a series of seasons. And so, if we worry so much about what someone else thinks, that person is just a snapshot in their life. And they're in a season where their perspective on what we're doing is going to be based on where they're at in their life. And that's going to be evolving. And so even someone that you reached out to last year and you totally respected and valued their opinions, maybe this year, it's not that you disrespect them, but they're in a different space where their opinions don't matter as much. And so I think the growth mindset thing of like always being open to understanding that life is a journey and that there's so many seasons and so many phases. And I mean, as women too, like we're connected with the moon and the, and my friend Megan Garcia, our friend Megan sent me this amazing book that I've been reading and it. It goes through the cycles of the moon and you read, you pick the date for that year and that space. And it kind of, I've been reading it and it's just so powerful because it's showing me how connected we are. Everything I've been going through is really actually connected with like where the moon is in the cycle. And I think that that's, fascinating. And I think that there's so much that we can't explain. And I'm getting like really, really, um, deep right now, but <laughs> probably because of where the moon is. Um, I just think that it's, that it's just important to be open-minded and to, and I think more than anything else to respect where we are and to respect where, like what our gut tells us, because that uncertainty leads to, um, shame where like vulnerability and listening to ourselves and whatnot, uh, just creates like more empowerment, I guess, but still being open to others' opinions. Like I think there's, we don't, again, closed mindset would be like, I don't listen to what anyone else says. I don't care what anyone else thinks because that's important too. The people around us in our world, our tribe, like their opinions do matter. And that's where we get like a snap, like an idea of how others perceive us. Cause that also matters because there's right. different perspectives on how we're living. And we want to make sure we're still loving other people and being true to ourselves and allowing ourselves to be open and vulnerable and caring about what other p- people think still matters to some extent. But when we doubt ourselves um, and like stop loving ourselves and respecting ourselves because of someone else's opinion, that's when I think there's a line that's crossed. Totally. I mean, you nailed it. I mean, you said it without saying, but it matters because we're all connected and yeah. being a part of this planet you, you want to feel connection to other people. Um, and so that's essentially, that's when it matters, but not at the expense of yourself. So Mm -hmm. it's, it's that weird, it's like very Brene Brownish to like talk about your authentic self, but also in relation to other people, 
I just love her work so much. Like dream podcast guest right there, Brene Brown on our podcast. That's the goal. Someday. I'm putting that out into the universe and asking for that. We'll, we'll see if it happens. But I mean, that's what she talks about all the time. It's like we have to feel connected to other people. Social, like social connection is important. It's, it's part of thriving like on this earth. But you can't do everything alone. Um, so I think that's kind of, I'm like kind of putting words into your mouth, but yeah. Oh, you nailed it. That's, that's what I'm picking up. Yeah. What you're throwing down. Yeah. I'm into it. I think this episode <laughs> has been like kind of, so I came into it. We, we, so Jess and I were talking before and I was, I came into it feeling like very, um, I was telling you something like frenetic. Like I just felt like there was so much energy and I was a little bit scattered and my brain was in a million t- places. And literally like, I feel like this was therapy because I all of a sudden am feeling like we just really got into some amazing stuff that I didn't, I didn't think I had the capacity to get into today, but in fact, I think I needed it. (laughs) Yeah. I I thought it was going to be a quick, like, this is what's going on in my life. Yeah. Cool. Awesome. Now we're like talking about real deep stuff. (laughs) This has been one of my, honestly, I'll say it right now. This has been one of my favorite episodes in a while. Like even with guest interviews and everything, I am, I'm feeling like, like a buzz right now. And I haven't had coffee since eight 30 this morning (laughs) and it's now 1230. Yeah. Feels good. It does. It feels really good. I'm, I'm so excited that we got to connect. I feel all is right. All is right in the world. It is. I am happy. I hope it sounds like you are. Things are good. It's we're in a good place. And what's fun about this podcast is we can always go back and listen to things and see where we're at certain times of life and just be reminded of like things are, things can be great. Even in the midst of chaos, they can be so good. So absolutely well we had a question but I think we're going to save that for our next check-in um because this was a pretty powerful episode and I feel like we dove into some stuff that I think I don't want to put words into our listeners mouths but I think that a lot of people will be able to connect to and relate to um so I hope you guys liked it and if you did please 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 let us know subscribe rate 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 the podcast the more people that subscribe and leave reviews um the more people will find us and that really um means a lot because we're just building this tribe of of wonderful wonderful humans so that's what I have to say about that (laughs) and all right friends well I hope the rest of your day is awesome thank you you too we are my sister is coming over the hill to Santa Cruz we're gonna and they're camping her and her boyfriend so we're gonna go um grill up some hot dogs over a fire and probably drink some dry farm wine and enjoy an evening with them and and it should be lovely Santa Cruz summer is pretty magical (laughs) oh I don't even want to talk to you about that This summer is magical too, okay? Different kind of magic. (laughs) I love it. I can't wait to come visit you. Well, friends, um, you can always email us at modernmamaspodcast at gmail.com. You can find me at laura.radicalroots, jess at jess.holdthespace. We love you. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Your your website. Your website. (laughs) It is live. It's not perfect, but it's out there. It is my favorite thing on the planet right now check it out it's www.holdthespacewellness.com and it's back in action Yay. so so exciting. so fun <laughs> all right guys well if you have stuff you want us to talk about if you have questions for us shoot us an email join our facebook tribe we love you um you can find the show notes on either one of our websites with links to everything we talked about and we will talk to you at you with you next week we love you guys love you bye